Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Malthouse Games Podcast. My name is Delton. I am the host today, the same day of release, the morning of Sunday, November 15th. With me, as usual, is my lovely wife and yellow player, Haley. I miss the spooky music. The spooky music? Yeah. I was kind of looking forward to hearing... Just that, like, weird tone to it? Yes. But yes, welcome to the podcast. We are pulling a... I guess we're not really pulling a college days scenario, because if we were college days, we would have recorded at, like, 1 a.m. last night. Yes. Like, flying by the seat of our pants. We are waiting until the last minute this morning. Uh, therefore, we are not drinking alcohol. We are not. Haley rejected that. Delton suggested it, and I was like, I, I'm not having alcohol before coffee. I at least have standards. Which means we are having coffee this morning, but we are having a vanilla latte that Haley made us. Yes. I had bought us a small espresso machine, nothing fancy. It was like 50 or $60 on Amazon. It was highly rated. It was on sale for a little bit off. And that's what I bought. It's not a fancy one, but by golly, it gives you a a close espresso shot. And it has a steamer and everything, but she made us uh, little lattes. They're really good. Little double espresso lattes with some homemade vanilla and some sweetened almond milk and a little bit of large grain sugar. Yep. Very, very good. Yes, it is. I don't know what else to say about a latte. If you smell it, it has a hint of coffee smell. And the aftertaste is very coffee as well. It's sweet upon your initial drink. But like I said, the more that it lingers on your tongue, the more coffee that you get. That's true. Nice coffee afterbirth. Afterbirth. (laughs) Nice oaky afterbirth. Anyway, yes, we are recording this the same day it's releasing, which means the minute we finish here, I have to book it through editing to get this out on time to all of you wonderful listening folks. And I have to book it to the kitchen to make some biscuits and gravy because that is Sunday morning tradition. That is our Sunday morning breakfast. So I think we should work backwards when talking about our week. Okay. What did we do yesterday, Delty? So yesterday was our first time out to a grocery store since the last time we went, which we talked about on here. So our second time since March. It was like September, I think. So we went to the Asian supermarket again and stocked up on groceries, and I'm so excited. I am too. We're really lucky to have this great grocery store called Super Cow Nguyen. So uh, Oklahoma City has this little hub of, it's basically a Vietnamese district because during the Vietnam War, we had a lot of refugees come and built this amazing, amazing subset of Oklahoma City. It's a beautiful area. And this grocery store has served the community for like, I think, 40 years now. Something like that. Something like that. But yeah, we went and stocked up. Uh, Delton, you want to talk about some of the things we bought? Yeah, so I bought phyllo dough for the first time. I know that's not like a specialty thing, really, but I bought it for the first time. However- They have vegan ones. They have vegan phyllo dough. We bought like- imitation crab and crab stick that's all vegan that way if we want to make our own sushi or like spring rolls i can like kind of have a little bit of that fake crab in there i can't tell you just how awesome this grocery store is like having all these vegan options it's it's one of our favorite things to go to obviously and i just love it because it's a lot of amazing food that you can't get elsewhere and i absolutely love it so we stocked up our favorite tofu that has wood ear mushroom and bamboo shoots. We got enough to freeze some. We bought like five pounds. We bought multiple packs of our gluten roll that we like to use in the ramen. We bought the ramen we want. We bought the big, you know, 10-pound bag of rice that we wanted. So we stocked up on things that are things we're going to use and, you know, part of our meal plan. And I love it. What did we buy? Six pounds of soba noodles? 
I think so. That was a big package of noodles, and they were ramen noodles. They scared the hell out of me last night because I'm laying in bed and I hear this crash, ding, 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 and all the cats are in there with us. So I can't blame it on the cats like my brain likes to do. And so I have to go investigate, and the noodles had fallen out of the cabinet and knocked all the spices out. Which is on par. Yes. With our cabinets, at least. But yes, we stocked up on a lot of stuff. Very, very excited about that. And I finally got to eat and get more of my potato snack. My favorite chip, it is from Nongshim, a Korean company. And the brand of chip, or the, the type of chip, just says potato snack. Has a cute little potato smiling on it, and they taste like if a Funyun was actually real flavors. Yes, that's a great way to put it. And they're subtle. It's so good. And then I also bought a bunch of, I believe they're from India, if I remember correctly, that yes. uh, sweet basil. Sweet basil lays. Sweet basil lays, and they're so stinking good. So we got some snacks, but we also stocked up a ton, and I just, it was a, it was a nice day at the grocery store. Delton bought 10 bags of chips. I did. They're tiny single-serving bags, though. If they would have had one big bag, I could have just bought one. But they didn't, so I had to buy a bunch of little bags. You would not have just bought one. Okay, and potato snack, no, <laughs> because those potato snack chips are my favorite. Yeah, it was a really great time yesterday, and we also, you know, whenever we go out, since this is this is our second time, like we said, to actually leave the house and go places since March, we like to try and knock all kinds of things out, because before we leave, we, we quarantine, we make sure we haven't gone anywhere, of course, for at least two weeks beforehand, in this case, two months, but we went to a local artist and bought a shirt for Delton, went to a local donut shop and bought donuts from them, and we just... We went to a local board game shop and bought a present for my sister. And so we really tried to hit up some of the local areas um, because we know that, you know, local businesses are being hit right now um, due to COVID. And so we really tried to make an effort to visit a lot of local places, as many as we could, just to kind of stock up on things. And we don't plan on going out again until after the first of the year. So we'll be quarantined and good to go. Yeah, we're trying to give it two weeks before we go to my parents for Thanksgiving because we're going to see my grandma. And this weekend was that weekend. So we go out, we get all this stuff done. Now we extra hard quarantine for the next two weeks so we can go see what little amount of family we will get to see for the holidays safely. And we know that we're all right. Yes. Trying to be smart. And so what else happened this week, Delta Poo? Um, I'm honestly trying to remember. This week has been a blur. I had Veterans Day off for the first time ever. You did. Because... The place I work has never celebrated it. And then this year, they finally added Martin Luther King Jr. Day and Veterans Day as paid holidays. So I got a day off in the middle of the week, which was nice. Am I missing something? No, I'm trying to like remember what we did this week. It's been pretty calm all, all in all. We like, actually, yeah. We watched wrestling as usual. We did most of our normal stuff. But it's been pretty relaxed. I've been playing a lot of World of Warcraft and been playing a lot of League of Legends with Cullen. Oh, my sister visited too, and yes. we, we got the master class for each other for our birthdays. Um, so if you're not familiar with master class, you can pay, it's like 180 for a whole year, but you have access to all of these classes, and so we just went in together, like this is our combined birthday and Christmas present for each other. And uh, we have been watching, we watched uh, Doris Kearns Goodwin's class on leadership and presidents. We also watched a class on wine tasting, and this week we've been watching uh, a guy named Rob Finley talk about gardening in the city. And so we've just been trying to learn. I think, and I think the reason why it's so hard to differentiate between what happened like four weeks ago versus the last two weeks is because we haven't been doing our holiday markers. Like all during October, we did a different holiday activity every single weekend, whether it's desserts or yeah. a spooky themed movie or whatnot. But in November, we're like, ah, oh, we, we don't really have anything we want to celebrate. I mean, we'll have Thanksgiving. Mixed feelings on Thanksgiving and the significance behind that. <laughs> but... uh 
we haven't really been notating our, our holidays every weekend. So I think that's made it more difficult for us to really recognize what has happened over the last couple of weeks is we don't have any markers. Yeah, and that makes sense. That makes perfect sense. I feel like it'll be better once December gets here because that's when it, like after Thanksgiving, when it becomes preparation for Christmas time, that's when we get out, you know, all of our decorations. I get to put up all my bajillion snowmen decorations because I love snowmen. We can buy more decorations online or something like that kind of stuff. So it will. I think it'll change once uh, the end of November and December gets here. Might just put up the Christmas tree today. No. Fight me, Delton. No, I will. I will literally throw it in the trash. I'm not putting up a Christmas tree before <laughs> Thanksgiving. I didn't say it Christmas is a rule. tree. I just said Christmas decorations. That's, that's what you meant is tree. But yes, we can't even put a tree in the house. The cats will tear it down. I'm about to say, I'm, just, I'm not putting up a tree. I'm putting so, up decorations. I mean, that's true. But anyway, the last two weeks, it's been pretty calm, pretty chill. Played a few games over the weekends. And I think that that's pretty much what's been going on with us. Yeah, it's been pretty chill, pretty good. I guess with that, we can talk about the game we played last night. Oh, here's the door. Uh, uh. It's straight ahead. It's, it's a game. So last night, we played... Evolution, the beginning. And I'm really proud of us because we at least played the game and you took the videos last night before we went to bed. So not everything was last minute this week, folks. Yeah, we played we played the game again, which we've played it in the past. And yes, I took the photos for our little ad that goes on uh, social media and stuff last night. So Evolution, the beginning is published by North Star Games. Uh, for the credits, the lead game designer is Dominic Capuchet. Development team, Ben Goldman, Jonathan D'Angelo, and Nick Bentley. The project manager was also Dominic Capuchet. Box cover artist was Catherine Hamilton and Ben Goldman. Graphic designer, Ben Goldman. Card artist, Catherine Hamilton. Card designer, Ben Goldman. Evolution The Beginning is a simplified version of the game Evolution, which you may have seen. Uh, it is all about animals. I would not say modern day animals. This is going to be taking place probably not necessarily dinosaur times, but I guess maybe with that, but basically like forever ago. I think they're like hybrids between animals of today and animals in the past. Kind of, yeah. But it's all about the animals evolving to stay alive and eat the most food and grow their population to where you can get the most points based on the food they eat. Evolution, the full game, I have still not played. I want to. And they now have evolution, I think, like climate, which is either underwater or icy climate or something. There's several ones. A lot of people really enjoy them. Well, this is Evolution The Beginning. You can pick it up, I think, at Target. Yes. And it was a gift to us from our friend Kyle. Hi, Kyle. And we've played it several times. I think Brian actually owns this as well. But it is a simplified version. It's easy to sit down, start playing, and get into, which I think is really nice. And it's only 30-minute playtime. So the way the game is going to work is there is a food pool in the middle of the table. And on your turn, you are going to automatically put two food into that pool. You'll start a new species, which means you'll start a new column. So the backs of all the cards uh, have a, a little like animal on it in some like form or fashion. And you start a new column, and if one card's there, that's now your species. If you add a population, you set a card in that same column, but layered, if that makes sense, to where they're all showing part of the card, but you can stack them up and down in a column. That's one species with however many population is however many cards are there. So you'll start a new species, you'll draw some cards. With those cards, you can either add a new species, add more population, or you can add traits to your species. Each species in this game can only have three traits, and you can swap them out as much as you want. But the traits are such things as carnivore, which means now this animal has to eat another animal 
to be able to get fed. You have to feed your people or your animals at the end of every round. Or you can give them something like fat tissue, which means they can eat double the amount of food because they're storing up fat tissue. You can give them the trait of burrowing, which means a carnivore cannot attack them unless the carnivore also has the burrowing trait. Uh, you apply any of those you want to, you feed all of your people, all your animals, and then you put the food tokens that you receive in your little population bag. You have a bag to keep them hidden because those are the main way you get points. And that's pretty much how the game is going to be played. It's very simple. You can jump in for two to five people, about 30, maybe 45 minutes. Uh, it's a really neat little game. Yeah. And so, like Delton said, a lot of the turns kind of look the same. Like you you lay out a new uh, species, you draw three cards, you make adjustments to your characters, and you eat. And that's it. It's very simple, very easy to learn. Delton explained the rules to me in like three minutes because it's been like, I think it's been like four years since we played this. Maybe so. But it was it was really fun, really enjoyable. And I mean, it helps that I won. It does help that you won, you jerk. <laughs> so in this game, whenever somebody has a carnivore, that means they're going to be eating other players' stuff. I think my one like big gripe with the game, because every game has to have at least one generally, right? My one gripe with the game is when it's your turn, let's say I have a carnivore that has flying and you have a, a non-carnivore or just another animal that has flying and burrowing. On my turn, I draw cards. I could just draw burrowing, give it to my carnivore, and then eat and eliminate, potentially eliminate your animal. My biggest complaint there is it's not like I prepare and then you try to adapt to get away from it. It's that I basically get to just do it and then you have to respond afterward with, oh, well, now that that's happened, if you still have your same species. So I'm not a huge fan of that for the sheer fact of uh, you can't plan for what the uh, what the carnivore is going to be able to eat. And I know that that's probably more accurate with along the lines of true evolution is, hey, our population's dwindling because of this predator. Oh, now we're developing this to help. So I, I guess thematically it probably fits, but in terms of playing the game, it's like, oh, I have this really cool engine going. We're doing this. And then someone's like, oh, cool. I drew this card. Here we go. And I kill it. I kill your stuff. And you're like, oh, okay. And like that feels kind of bad. However, the game does have a thing where if your species, one of your species, if you lose all of them, all the population on the species dies, you do get to draw cards equal to the number of active traits. So anywhere from zero to three. See, for me, I think that really pushes you to make different species with different kinds of adaptations. Like, because it'd be really easy to like, oh, okay, I have this like burrowing, fat building carnivore and I have like 30 cards on him. And then let's say that, like you said, like you draw on your carnival the ability to burrow, then you're starting to eat mine. And so it really pushes you to make different sets of species with different abilities. Like you can't have, like each species can only have three different traits. So you can't have like a flying, burrowing, carnival, fat storage, uh, nocturnal creature. You can only choose three of those to put on. And so it really makes you have to adapt and change where you can't keep the species the same. And you can't keep just one different species. You have to have backups. Yeah, and that makes perfect sense. Like, I understand that. It's just in terms of, like, as an actual feeling in the game, it sucks when you're like, oh, yeah, I finally got this where I want it. I finally got this trait that I needed. And then on your turn, you're just like, boom, eat it. And I'm like, dang it. It's kind of just that. It's it's sort of discouraging in a way. I think the only way that you can make it better is if the carnivore, if a carnivore changes traits, it can't eat until the next turn. So you have to try to adapt out away from it. But that would be too slow. Like, the game basically has to work the way that it does. 
and I don't know if it's different in the full evolution game, but uh, that's also like, it's a personal gripe. Most people are probably going to have no issue with that. And I don't have a huge issue with it. It just, at one point yesterday, I was doing something and you turned around and just wiped me out and I had nothing. And I was like, wow, that feels really bad. It's like watching Animal Planet. Like, you know, it's nature whenever the cheetah takes down like the antelope or something. You know that that's how it works. And if the cheetah didn't do that, then it would starve. But you're like, man, this sucks. I don't like it. (laughs) But yes, I mean, that's probably my only gripe with the game. It's really simple. It's easy to jump into. It's two to five players, ages eight and up, 30 minutes, uh, I would say 30, 45. And it's just a really neat game. It makes me want to play the full evolution. And it even comes with like a little mini like set of cards that you can put with the full evolution that only come with this version of the game, which I think is kind of neat. It incentivizes you to get the full version. It's like, here's your taster. It's like a tasting menu. Here's here's your taster here. Do you want a full glass? Yes, I do. A full Mm -hmm. glass of evolution. There you go. But yeah, so that's evolution. We really enjoy it. It's a neat little game. Um, It does make me want to play the full evolution. And this one is simple, simple enough that in terms of just me and Haley playing it back and forth, they're like, I feel like this is one of those games that after, I don't know, three or four, maybe five plays, like I've seen it all and I really want to upgrade to the full one. So I think depending on your group and your attitude on games, that's going to change how like the longevity this has within your group with replayability. However, I do enjoy it's just so fast to sit down, pick up and play. It also depends on how young the players in your household are. Hey, what can I get you? I'd like a topic. Any special way? Make it a top shelf topic. Coming up. Enjoy. So the topic of today's episode is what are games we can play with young family members? We figured it's the holiday season coming up. It's Thanksgiving for those who celebrate. And then it's the winter holidays such as Christmas and so on. So we figured people are going to be playing with family, even if you may not have the great benefit of being able to see a lot of family this year. There still may be some that you're around or even just in your same household, you want to change things up. We thought we would talk a little bit about games that are great to play with a younger audience because as much as us adults are having a hard time not being able to do a whole lot, I feel like the kids are really stuck indoors. Yeah. (laughs) And playing games is always a fun thing. I mean, I'm a child at heart and pretty much everything else. (laughs) So, As evidenced by Funko Pops. As evidenced by my Funko. I don't have too many in here. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen, fourteen, fifteen, sixteen, seventeen, eighteen. If you count my duplicate, and we do. Okay, so I have eighteen Funko Pops just here, not including my AEW action figures, and not including my Funko Pops at work, which I've got like, I don't know, ten. <laughs> here it's we okay. are. Before we get into the gameplay, let's have our second beverage. Delton, do you want to talk about what we got? So while we were at Super Count Win yesterday, we found a cold coffee drink. It is Premium Boss Black Coffee. It's from uh, it's from Suntory Roastery in Japan. And this is made with premium coffee beans. Enjoy the finest taste of luxury. And you say that Suntory also makes a whiskey? Yeah, Suntory is the one who makes, uh, they make a lot of whiskey. They're a popular uh, distillery. And whenever we went to Gun Izakaya down in Paseo, which sadly looks like it is now a Goro, which is a ramen place. Sad day. Um, which, yeah, really sad because that place was delicious. But yes, they had a Toki highball machine, which a highball is basically whiskey and carbonated water. And Toki is a type of whiskey made by Suntory. Ooh, that is a very rich coffee. The color is beautiful. 
Oh, God, it smells sweet. It smells like coffee at grandma's house, which means instant. <laughs> but that's the smell. It's kind of, it's, it's, it's an awkward, like, chocolate sweetness. Hmm. The more I'm, I stick my nose in the cup. I'm not really a cold coffee fan, so we're going to see how. Yeah, me neither. This goes. Why didn't we heat this up? We, neither one of us like cold coffee. Honestly, though, that's not bad. It smells good. It's a little weak. Like, it's not as strong as I think it is, mm. thought it would be. Well, you also just had a double shot of espresso in a latte that's only 10 ounces. That's true. But this does just taste like a black mm. coffee. It's very smooth. It's not carbonated. It is very smooth. You know, like you get the Starbucks drinks, like the cold coffee, the cold brews there, and they're very bitter, and they're very fake. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for real. I, this, this tastes very smooth, and it tastes like actual coffee. Because, you know, a lot of times you get cold brew, you get cold-pressed coffee, and like there's, you can tell that it's settled a bit. There's that bitterness. There's kind of that, like that inconsistency and in flavor and mouthfeel. This is very smooth and very good. It actually is. Like I'm not a cold coffee fan, but like if this was on the, you know, in the vending machine at work for 25, 50 cents. Sure. Hell yeah, brother. It honestly has the flavor. Reminds me of those coffee candies that we can't have. Ooh, yes. It really does. It kind of has that similar flavor. And I'm not sure if that's just the temperature being not hot. But I don't know. It's it's good, though. I, I don't mind that at all. This is something that if I wanted a cold coffee on a hot day, there you go. Premium Boss from Suntory. To Suntory. To Suntory. Yeah. There's a, a, a clink. A clink. So, yes, the topic for today is playing with younger children's. And Evolution the Beginning is a game I think you could easily. It says eight and up, and I think that's probably accurate. I don't know my children's very well. But it's one that you could play with family. You could play with people that aren't super into games. But this is like the next step up to from party games because a lot of families, you know, you want to play party games. It's easy for everyone to have fun and do that. But what if the people you're playing with want to take the next step past party games? Or what if you're wanting something a little more like uh, thought provoking, I guess I should say. And that's kind of what we wanted to get into a little bit. I guess the big key with playing with a younger audience is something that's a, not too complicated to keep track of. Something short because children's attention spans aren't as long as ours are. And True. that's just developmentally speaking. And something that you also can have fun with. You want it to be a good game. That way you enjoy it while you play with the younger players. And so one good one is Ticket to Ride. And there's even a Ticket to Ride Junior, like in my first Ticket to Ride that you could play. Yeah. But even the base game, that could easily be played with an 8, 9, 10-year-old as well. Definitely. It's not a super complicated game. It's been around forever. You can find it all over the place. And yeah, it's just a simple, uh, easy to keep track of game. And your turns move quickly. I think that's something we need to keep in mind whenever we are bringing games to the table, like with mm -hmm. our children, our nieces or nephews, is that we want to make sure we keep their attention. Like, you know, maybe we adults... We can play our turn, and then it can be 20 minutes between turns, and we're just, like, chatting or eating snacks and whatnot. But kids, you got to keep in mind, like, their attention spans aren't that big, and so we want to make sure we have a game where their turns come back around quickly. And so for a lot of games, like, if you let's say you're trying to look at your own game shelf, and you have games on there that, you know, we haven't talked about, something to keep in mind is how quickly do our turns come around, or how much we have to keep track of between turns, because you wouldn't want to play something like Predator Porter with a seven-year-old that's not for both seven-year-olds that's probably not going to work very well there's a lot yeah. of planning involved and kids really don't have the ability to plan that far ahead and not to speak down on kids but just we got to keep in mind that kids attention spans are short they're quick and so you want them to be engaged you want to have a game where their turns come around really quickly and so another game that i think would be a great game to play with kids is like junk art yeah for sure because junk art kind of bridges the gap between 
it's not a party game, but it's still being that it's a dexterity game. You have to use your hands to build things. It's something that's more entertaining uh, for some kids probably, and it's fast. It's a short game. You can just kind of build stuff and see who wins the best two out of three competitions or something. But yeah, I love junk art for like non-gamers is the way I'm going to put it, or or like people that are just entering into it. Junk art's always a go-to because it's so fun. Or drunk people. Or drunk people. It's very fun for drunk people. Maybe that's our standard. If you can play it with your drunk friend, you can play it with your eight-year-old. I have more confidence in the (laughs) eight-year-old than most of my friends drunk. But kind of like what you're saying, like, you know, junk art's very dexterity. Any dexterity game or most dexterity games are going to be great for kids. Like Ice Cool. No Ice Cool. The turns come around quickly. No, the object of the game is to get your marble or your little penguin uh, through these little tunnels or through these doorways. Yep, get those fish. Get those fish. And so something like that. Something like... Flick them up. Yep, flick them up is another good one. Yep. One of my favorites. I think another good one would be Takenoko. Yes, absolutely. Because Takenoko, it's adorable first off. It's got great physical components that you get to move around and mess with. You get to roll a dice. I feel like rolling dice is always a big thing for kids. Because mm-hmm. when I was a kid, that's what made Yahtzee so fun, is you're just rolling a handful of dice, right? Which Takenoko is only one, but I think Takenoko would be a great choice for younger players as well. Um, and kind of building on what you said, like the, the dice part, the dice, anything that has to do with dice, you know, we often think of dice games are Euro tr- or Ameritrash or whatever. But anything that uses dice kind of levels the playing field for kids as well because there is that luck involved. You know, if you have like a, an adult playing with an eight-year-old, you know, there's a, there's a different level of planning, different level of, you know, patience involved. And so when it comes to dice, like dice adds that randomness that can give the kids an, an upper hand which that might be helpful in keeping the kids engaged as well. I feel, feel like I'm speaking very clinical this episode, and I apologize. No, it's not a bad thing, because, I mean, you have to think about that whenever you play with kids, and yeah. having the perspective of someone who, you know, has some more knowledge about the psychology behind children, how they function, and then actually you also work with children yes. at times and do stuff like that, I feel like that's just a positive thing to have. Um, one of the other games that's always popular with kids actually now has a second edition, and everything is King of Tokyo. Because yes. again, you're rolling a butt ton of dice. You've got these giant monsters. You can give them these little abilities. You know, there's a few things more to keep track of, but in the end, not really. You're mostly just attacking people and trying to roll numbers. So that one's very fun for younger audiences. It's pretty fast. Doesn't take too long to play. Only bad part is you can get kicked out yes. early where everybody else gets to finish the game. That may or may not go well, depending on how well said child takes losses like that. <laughs> yes. So if they're like me, they're not going to have a great time. <laughs> So one that I played a lot with my kids in my practice is called Can't Stop, uh, which mm-hmm. is basically you're, it's a pressure luck game. You're rolling dice, trying to get your pieces to the top of the stop sign. And so that one is a great one. I've played that one with as young as seven. And again, it's very dice-based, but it also has that pressure luck element. And so if you have an adult with poor impulse control and a kid with good impulse control who has passed that marshmallow test, you're going to have a good time. That's awesome. That's a great one. Another one is Kitty Paw. Definitely. No, the Kitty Paula has uh, different uh, difficulty levels. And so um, with a lot of my seven, eight-year-olds, I played Kitty Paula on like the, the level one cards. And that's all we've stuck with. We've never made them any bigger. And so don't be afraid to modify some of your games to make them a little more appealing to the kids or to make them a little more engaged. Um, you know, not to say we have to like change the rules or anything like that. But, you know, don't be afraid to leave out some of the, the larger mechanics or just play like the, you know, a lot of games have the... Uh, the starter game where they walk you through the first couple of rounds and then you can play. Don't be afraid to 
incorporate those into your games with the kids, even if you have played it with them multiple times, just to, so that way they can keep engaged and really understand the components and what they're supposed to be doing. I'm going to throw one more recommendation in there because it's simple, it's pretty, and it adds a little bit of math, but I think King Domino is another good one. Yes, it's absolutely. It's like 15 minutes to play. It's easy to play. It's not hard to get, but it adds that element of there's a little bit of like planning where if you take this top one, you get to pick first next time, which could be big, but also there's the little bit of math you have to do, but it's very simple. It's very easy. And it's, uh, I think another one you can pick up at target as well. Now yep, I can. think they have the big version or bigger box version. And they have queen domino too. They do. They have queen domino as well. So I think the biggest takeaways are make sure that you're playing shorter games, games where there's a uh, little time between the turns games where there's not a lot of planning and as much as you can, you know, especially with the younger kids, use dice based games, use those Ameritrash games because it'll keep kids more engaged and keep the level playing field. Yep. I think that's good. So I think that that's good for the topic. Just hopefully gives you some ideas for either gifts for a younger kid who's looking into games or for you to have some games to bring to the family that are easy for you guys to all sit down and play. And to say Hobbit games has a lot of games yes. for as young as three years old. Yeah, Haba does amazing stuff. Um, every time I've looked, I always see something that I'm like, this age, that age, this age. It's crazy how much they do. Uh, they're the ones who have Rhino Hero and Rhino Hero Super Battle, which we played. We played one of those at BGGCon last mm -hmm. year where I, we had the tall tower stacked up. And it fell on top of Delton. Yep, I was the one to knock it down, sadly. But yes, Haba Games is always a good company to look at for games targeted toward kids, and they have it all split by age group. Very, very good to look at. Oh, I guess the last point was if you can uh, get dexterity games. Kids love dexterity games. Yeah, dice or dexterity are the big ones. All right. Well, I think that's it for the topic. Let's move into the question. And now, join us for a Malt House Games podcast special bite-sized question. So the question for today comes from Haley. What is the first board or tabletop game you remember playing? So I don't know, because I don't have the memory that you do of my childhood. I don't remember every little detailed moment. <laughs> I think you fake it. But still, I don't have any of that. You still think I go to work every day. You still think I have a degree. Yeah, I know. You just sit here and play with the cats, that's and that's bullshit it. All I, don't day. Know, I don't know where this money's coming <laughs> from. I don't know where your paycheck's from. Uh, but I don't really know what my first game was. I mean, I remember playing Monopoly and Yahtzee and Life. And then obviously Battleship, and I don't know which one was the first, so I really couldn't tell you in terms of that. But I know that my favorite I've talked about before was always Battleship because me and my mom played it because I stayed inside a lot. I was sick a lot as a kid, but I also used to play Life with my brother and then Monopoly a lot and Yahtzee. So I don't know which one was the first, but Battleship's always going to be like when I talk about you know games as a kid, it's Battleship every time. So I'm going to say that even though I bet that's not it. That's a good one. I remember playing that one as a kid, too. Yeah. I think the very first one that I ever played was Guess Who. My great-grandmother, mm -hmm. uh, who passed away earlier this year, she had a game closet, and she had all these games like Parcheesi, the one that, if you remember from past episode, my great-grandfather yeah. got, or Pollyanna, I'm sorry, Pollyanna, got mad at and like swore off board games for the adults. Yeah. But uh, we kids would get out some of her board games. She had like Hangman, she had Risk, she had Life, but I remember playing Guess Who the most playing the crap out of guess who and yeah. so it got to the point where i remembered where everybody's um faces were in it and so we had to uh move the faces around every time you you put the the pieces in that made sense yeah we played it a lot so that's the first one i remember playing that and 
and Nika, which we've talked about in the past, that game yep. that uh it's very Farkle esque. Very Farkle esque the one that uh the one that Michael J. Fox uh whenever he ran into my aunt supposedly at in Vegas and she was learning Farkle. Like that one. I remember playing that one early too. But the first like actual tabletop board game was Guess Who. There's a, a modified version. I say modified. There's a version of Guess Who, which is you don't uh, you don't guess based on their features. You guess based on the personality. Oh, so it's like, who do you think would order a hot coffee and be mad that it's hot coffee? And mm. or like, who do you think would ask to see the manager? And like, you use stuff like that, and in a way that's stereotyping the type of type of person they are. But you do that, and that's how you pick who that's you're guessing. Funny, yeah, super funny. That's I was like, th- that's an amazing modification to make that just a hilarious time if you're bored. And we know that not a lot of families are getting together this year. Like Delton, I said, we are seeing Delton's parents and his grandma after a two-week quarantine. Yep. And then we're going to quarantine again before we visit my mom, dad, sister, and niece for Christmas. And so, you know, maybe we're we're kind of pushing it more than others. Maybe we're being more strict than others. But the reality is that not a lot of families are being able to get together. Like the big family events really aren't happening a lot this year. And so I think this year it's all about making as much out of the time that you have together as you can. Absolutely. And for us, that's through board games. You know, every time we bring a board game to the table, our we just have so much fun. Mm-hmm. We stay engaged. Like, we don't look at our phones. We don't look at the TV. Like, I remember family visits before we started bringing board games over, and we just kind of sat around bored. Ironically, board games are what brought the boredom away from the family. Yay. And so for us, it's, it's bringing those board games to the table. It's making those connections. It's making those memories. And, you know, if you can share that with your younger nieces and nephews or children or whoever at the table, then do so. Definitely. Definitely. Well, I think that that's going to finish this episode up nicely. But first, we have to give our shout-outs to our Patreon backers. Thank you to Allison, Alan, Jesse, Catherine, Cliff, and Jennifer. Thank you all so much for supporting us on Patreon, especially during this crazy, crazy COVID year of ridiculousness. I was listening to my World of Warcraft podcast the other day, The Instance, which I highly recommend if you're a WoW fan. And they were talking about, uh, it was questions from fans. And one of the questions for Scott Johnson, the main host, was on your 2020 bingo card, do you have Kaiju on there? And he was like, yes, I do, because you never know when that's going to happen at this point. And I thought it was great. What's Kaiju? Kaiju's like giant monsters, like Godzilla, ah. Mothra, that kind of stuff. He's had that, he was saying, just that's making great. the joke that was on the bingo card. And I was like, yep, that sounds right. I mean, we still have like six more weeks left of the year. I think so. But yes, thank you for supporting us on Patreon. If you want to be like those amazing people I just mentioned, go to patreon.com slash malthousegames. And we have all kinds of tier levels if you want to support us, which helps us upgrade our equipment and keep this thing running as smoothly as possible. Aside from that, I think that's mostly everything. If you have a question for us or any comments or concerns, you have a game you want us to look at, you have a topic you want us to cover, you have a question for the episode itself, you can send all of that to contact at malthousegames.com. You can also find us on all social media at malthousegames, M-A-L-T-H-A-U-S games. I should have spelled that way earlier. You can also find me personally at Delton Brack, D-E-L-T-O-N-B-R-A-C-K, you can find Haley at S-Q-U-I-R-R-E-L-Y-G-E-K. That is at Squirrely Geek if you didn't catch all those letters because she <laughs> spoke way too quickly on the doubles. <laughs> S-Q-U-I-R-R-E-L-L-Y-G-E-E-K. At Squirrely Geek. At Squirrely Geek. There you go. Do it just as fast as you did. 
But I think that's going to wrap up this episode. I've got to get to editing right now. It is 10.04 a.m. This has to be out by noon by my standard. I believe in you. I hope I can get every single thing done. At worst, it'll just be the audio is ready to go on all podcast sites by noon. But the rest of it might not for a second like my ad on social media. But we're going to see what happens. We're doing this for you. We're doing it. And I'm so excited that when I'm done, I get biscuits and gravy. Hell yeah, brother. Sweet. All right. Well, thank you again for tuning in to the Malt House Games podcast. Episode 79, I should say. Oh, are we doing anything special for episode 80, which is the Haley birthday episode? <gasps> we are, but we haven't figured out what that's going to be yet. Boom, there we are. We have ideas floating around. We don't know if they're going to work out for the time frame that we're working with, but we will make announcements on social media if we're doing anything special for that episode. We are doing something special. We just don't okay. know what yet. We don't know if it will be anything different than what we talk about on the podcast, if that makes sense. Yes. It might just be a special thing on the podcast. It might be something completely different. We don't know, but keep an ear out. Keep an eye out. Watch social media. Make sure to like, share, subscribe to this. Follow us on all social media so you can keep track of what is coming. I think that that does it for this episode. Thank you so much again for tuning into the Malt House Games podcast. Make sure to sit back, relax, grab a drink, and play some games. We'll see you folks later. Bye. Bye. Bye.